So there's a word in Swahili that I love. I just, I love the word. It's actually fun to say, and you can try it with me if you want. The word is mze, mze. It's, it's a mze. That sounded perfect. I, I don't know if it actually was, but it was great. Mze means something to the effect of respected elder. It's how you greet someone. You call someone mze when they've reached a certain age, and they have the honor that comes with that age. But in Kenya, respecting your elders, it, it actually goes way beyond just like a word. It's actually part of the whole culture. When you reach a certain age, you have gravitas when you enter a room. People make, make way for you, literally make room. They will get up and give you their seat. It's a very respectful of those who are older. And, and in fact, it even is, there's a, a, everybody in Kenya shakes hands. That's how you greet. Like if you go into a room, you shake every single person's hand. But I've seen this happen. Nobody really says anything about it, but when you're shaking the hand of an mze, of a respected elder, you actually shake hands with both hands. You use this hand to support this one. In other words, saying the weight of your presence is so heavy and so weighty that it takes two of my hands to shake one of yours, right? I love that. It's not just, it's beautiful, it's endearing. I love how they respect their elders. So how does that compare to the way that we respect elders here in 2023 America? So well, right? We almost do the exact same thing. No, no. <laughs> For the most part here in the U.S., the older you get, the less respect you seem to receive. Am I right? This is kind of our, our, our cultural nuance. We are a youth-obsessed culture, just in general. Our elders our elders are considered irrelevant, uh, a waste of space, right? We, we kick them to the curb. We don't have mze. What do we have? Okay, boomer, right? And like, that's funny and also kind of sad, really, when you think about it. This is what our culture has become. Now, I'll be, I'll be honest, it's not always the case. There are pockets within our culture of people who do deeply respect those who've come before, right? But I'm just going to say that it is not uncommon to see this kind of lack of respect for our elders, even within the church, even within the church. And, and I got to be honest, I think it's holding us back. This cultural way of, of thinking less of our elders, I think it's holding us back. And so today, what I want to talk about is why I believe that, that making room for those who have gone before, making room for, for older generations than our own, I think it might just be the key to our best possible life, both as individuals and the key to our best possible life as a church. I really believe it. That's what we're going to talk about. This is the final week of our sermon series, Make Room. We've looked at, for now seven weeks, I guess, we've looked at different ways that Scripture calls us to make room, to, to resemble the, the, the kingdom of God, the community He wants to draw into this world by making room for those who don't look the same, who don't talk the same, who don't think the same, who don't have the same ages or abilities from different cultures, all of it. That's what we believe God has called us to be and to represent, and so we're continuing to talk about that today. So far, we've talked about how God makes room for different, uh, for different abilities. We talked about those with disabilities. Uh, we, are, we also talked about different cultures, different languages, ethnicities, and last week, Tim began uh, giving us a, some opportunity to think about how God makes, is calling us to make room for different generations, and I'm going to continue that. Now, last week, uh, Tim spoke to those who were older at Grace. And he admitted he doesn't feel older, but he, he felt like he needed to speak to those who were older. Well, 
I guess that leaves me to talk to those who are younger. That's my job. I'm going to talk to, uh, to my, my fellow kids in the room. Look, I'm turned 40 next, next month, and I do not feel like a spring chicken. So I'm just going to shoot straight. I, I'm, I'm not feeling like I'm part of the young hip crew anymore. Uh, I mean, I've got gray in my beard. That started happening. I make noise when I sit down now. Like, it's just it, literally, okay, this, this may not make sense. The other day, I was in, in the barn, as one does, uh, giving belly rubs to one of my pot-bellied pigs, okay? That's, as one does. Anyway, I was lying on my side, you know, petting Maggie's belly, and then I just pulled a muscle in my back. I wasn't doing anything, just lying there, pulled a muscle. Four days later, still sore. Like, this is my life now, right? I'm getting old-er, old-er, I'm 40, you get it. Okay, thank you, welcome, I've, I've heard, welcome, thank you. Uh, but, okay, then again, all right. I am technically still a millennial, an elder millennial, but a millennial. I, I, and I have the hallmarks to prove it. I'm wearing a shacket. I, I, uh, <laughs> I have. <laughs> thank you, Liv. Uh, my wife very supportive. It was her idea in the first place. Um, I. What else do millennials do? I use paper towels instead of napkins. Right? Yes, that's a that's a very millennial thing. I, I have actually made a few TikToks. Actually created TikToks in my in my day. I'm a gamer. So like, okay. I'm enough of a millennial for that to count. So, all right, let's talk fellow kids. All right, let's do it. Us young people, we're going to talk. Seriously, though, as I think about my sort of position in this life and how old I am, even here at Grace, I do think I'm in a kind of a unique life stage to talk about all of this, because I do have a bit of experience under my belt. I, I, you know, I've been a pastor now for over seven years. I've got a little bit of of experience there. But at the same time, ever since I became a pastor, everyone's kind of thought of me as like the kid, right? The new guy, the young guy. And so in a sense, I can kind of speak in both, in both worlds. So I'm going to speak to those who are younger, even though, yes, I fully recognize that I don't look it anymore. Okay. So as a youngish person, here's the question that I, I want us to start with. Why do I think that our culture's disregard of older generations is holding us back? Why do I think that's holding us back? And to me, it really boils down to just one simple idea, that in today's day and age, younger people have lots of knowledge. We've got Google, we've got smartphones, we've got Wikipedia, we've got all kinds of knowledge, but I think what we lack is wisdom. We've got knowledge. I think we lack wisdom. And we need to find a way to gain some wisdom. So that's what today's passage is all about, gaining wisdom. We're going to dive in and look at the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4. So please grab a Bible and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. It'll be page 527 in the House Bibles. And uh, I'll just give you a little bit of setup here about what we're going to read. It's interesting. I actually, I don't think I've preached from the book of Proverbs much at all. I don't know, not on purpose. It just hasn't happened, but, but it is such a fascinating book to me. But basically, the premise of the book is that it is a father passing down wisdom to his son or his children. And it, but, but really, the way that the book functioned in Israel was that it was always an older generation passing down wisdom to younger generations. And so what we have in the book of Proverbs is a lot of what was considered in Israel wisdom, wisdom for the generations who come after us. And so uh, a bit later in the book, we get all these little wisdom nuggets, I'll call them wisdom nuggets, uh, to chew on. This is what the the older generations wanted the younger generations to think about. And uh, I, I just randomly picked a couple to show you. Like in Proverbs 11, there are these little nuggets like, it's foolish 
to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. Hmm, hmm, interesting, something to think about. And then uh, another one, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Huh, huh. Again, a little wisdom nugget, something to chew on and think about. What does that, what does that mean? You, you kind of get the sense Looking at the book as a whole, you get the sense that all of these little nuggets of wisdom have been tried and tested by earlier generations. And they're basically saying to those who come after them, look, we've tried it out. We know this is wise. Believe me. That's kind of the the premise of the book. So again, the book is full of a lot of wisdom. But in the first few chapters, like what we're going to read today, the author is not, not yet at least, spelling out what is wise and what isn't. He's not really giving us those specifics. Instead, he's simply painting the picture of how important it is that we can learn how to know the difference, right? So let's read this, and I'll show you what I mean. Verse 1 of chapter 4 of Proverbs. My children, or literally my son, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment, for I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions, for I too was once my father's son. Tenderly loved as my mother's only child. My father taught me, and and then he quotes his father's lessons, take my words to heart, the grandfather says. Follow my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. Okay, we'll stop there for just a moment. Let's begin by making some kind of big-picture observations about this passage. First of all, it's, I think it's important to know that there are two Hebrew words that show up over and over again in this passage and over and over again in the whole book of Proverbs. And they're this. This is the first word is, and I'm going to mispronounce this, but it's something to the effect of chokmah, chokmah, which means wisdom or skill or learning. This is the kind of thing that you would say a, a blacksmith that has been, you know, smithing metal for for. 30 years, that blacksmith has chokmah when it comes to blacksmithing. It's, it's something that you gain over, over time. The second word you see is binah, which is kind of like insight or discernment, or also you could say wisdom. The NLT, our, our Bibles, translates that word as good judgment, good judgment. So you've got wisdom, you've got good judgment. And, and again, these two words, they show up a lot in Proverbs. And frankly, I did a quick search. They show up together all over the Old Testament. It's very, very to be linked together. And I think that's helpful to know because, in my opinion, those two words together kind of sum up what we think of as wisdom today. Here's how I would define wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to make good choices or or to, to do what is right or to discern the truth. If you can do that, you are wise, right? So like I said, Proverbs is all about that kind of wisdom. The ability to make good choices. And here, a father is telling his son about how vital it is. Verse 2, my son, I am giving you good guidance. I'm trying to make you wise. Now, how does the father know what good guidance is? Well, he says it himself because these are the things that his father taught him. And presumably, he put them to the test. He put his father's words to the test, and now he's saying, my son, pay attention. This, this passing down of wisdom is intergenerational. I love that. 
Verse 4, he says, my father taught me. And then what he says from verse 4 through verse 9 is actually quoting the grandfather, quoting what, what his father taught him. Follow my commands, the grandfather said, and you will live. And here are those two words. Get wisdom, chokmah, and develop good judgment, binah. Okay, those are the things that the, the grandfather wanted the father to know. And so the implication of what we just read is this. Do what I tell you to do, son, because I did what my father taught me to do. I learned his wisdom, and it made my life better. My life was better. And now it's time for you to listen to my wisdom, because it will make your life better. It's like he's saying, my father taught me, and, and by the way, the, the grandfather uses this analogy of, of like wisdom as a woman, like lady wisdom. And, and it's, it's like he's saying, my father taught me that lady wisdom is a woman to be pursued. She's the one you want to marry. She's the one you want to give your life to at the altar. Dedicate yourself to her. Or verse six, don't turn your back on wisdom for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. According to my father's son, your grandfather marrying wisdom, embracing wisdom like a wife, that is when things will really start to take off for you. If you've got wisdom, she's going to give you influence. If you've got wisdom, she'll give you honor. If you've got wisdom, she will give you the crown of leadership. And I know this is true because this is what happened to me. Got it? So this is, this is you can see where, where this is all headed, the, the, the multi-generational passing down of wisdom. Wisdom is vital for a good life, according to the Father. So let's keep reading, because now the Father has quoted the grandfather, and now he's going to give his own two cents about wisdom. Verse 10, my child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long, good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. Don't do as the wicked do, and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. For evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day. They can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble. They eat the food of wickedness, and they drink the wine of violence. Okay, so here the father is, is using a different metaphor. The, the grandfather used the metaphor of marrying wisdom, and now the father is using the metaphor of two paths. There are two paths that you can, can walk down. There's the path of wisdom, and then there's the path of wickedness. You could choose. One of these paths leads to, to stumbling and violence and destruction, and the other path, it holds the key to life, your best possible life. And again, you have a choice of which path you want to walk. You can choose life by choosing wisdom, if that's the path you follow. Now again, in all of what we just read, the Father is not spelling out what is wise and what isn't wise. All of those practical applications are going to come later in the book. Here, he's only concerned with getting across one core idea for his son, and it's this. Wisdom, wisdom is the key to life but you have to choose to pursue it. Wisdom is the key to life, but you have to choose to pursue it. Wisdom is going to help you live a good, long life. Wisdom is going to lead you to honor and influence and protection, but it is a choice to walk the right path. It's a choice to give your life to wisdom like a bride. Wisdom is the key to life, but you have to choose 
to pursue it. Okay, so I think we're all on the same page here, but what does this have to do with making room for different generations? Well, as Tim talked about last week, he, he was talking again to those who are older, and he, he said, look, if Grace Church is going to be effective in our mission for this next generation, if we want this church to last beyond ourselves, then we need the energy and the passion and the fresh perspectives of younger people, right? That's all true. We must make room for younger generations. But I'm going to tell you this today, all right? I'm just going to say this. If anybody here thinks that passion and energy and, and doe-eyed optimism is enough to build a church on, you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. We need wisdom too. Energy without wisdom, that's just a flash in the pan, right? Or, or, or new ideas without wisdom is the quickest way to drive yourself off a cliff. That, that's, that's just the case. We need both. We need wisdom as a church. Now, I, I don't think that's a particularly controversial idea. I don't think I'm, I'm you know, I'm not raising eyebrows by saying that, but, but here's what I believe. And especially, I'm going to speak to you who are younger here at Grace. If we want to be a community, no, if you want to be an individual who is wise, who's walking on the path to life, just like the sun in this passage then, you and I have to make a choice. We have to make a choice of which path to walk. It just doesn't happen. We have to make a choice. And how do we know which path to walk? How do we know what, what choice is the wise one? The only way we know it is by seeking wisdom from those who have gone before. There is a reason that the father in this passage and the grandfather before him have wisdom to pass down because they have walked the roads, and they know what the roads look like. And here's what it boils down to. I, I believe this. And this is me. This is not necessarily from the Bible. I think this is true. Wisdom can only develop through experience. Wisdom can only develop through experience. The only way, I believe, the only way to learn what works and what doesn't work in this life is by experiencing what works and what doesn't work. Wisdom can only develop through experience. But here's the twist. Here's the twist. It doesn't have to be your experience. Stay with me. You can gain wisdom from the experiences of others. For example, how do you know that it is wise not to put your hand on a hot stove? How do you know that that's wise? Two ways, right? One way is you touch a hot stove and you learn, well, I just got burned and I'm never going to do that again. And then you've gained wisdom from experience. But there's another way to know that it's wise not to touch a hot stove. And that is to listen when someone who is older than you tells you from experience, don't touch that, it's hot. I touched it once and burned myself. Maybe they even have a scar from it. That's, if you can believe them and listen to them, you can avoid touching that hot stove and yet gain the wisdom that you shouldn't do it. Does that make sense? You can gain wisdom from the experiences of others. Now, I'm I thought about that analogy and thought maybe that's a bad analogy because most kids that I know of are still going to go touch the stove, like, because whatever, kids just don't listen. But you get, you get what I'm trying to say here. You get what I'm trying to say. You can gain experience and wisdom through the experiences of others. Wisdom can only be gained through experience, but it doesn't have to be yours. You can get a jump start. Younger people, you can get ahead in the game, ahead in life, farther down the path. You can gain wisdom from others if 
you're willing to learn. If you're willing to learn. And that is what the father in Proverbs 4 is pleading for his son to understand. Embrace wisdom, son. Embrace wisdom. Pursue wisdom. Learn it from me because it is the key to life. But here's the rub. Goes right back to what I said at the beginning of my message. We, especially younger people today, we live at a time in this culture when many, if not most, younger people, we just don't have that willingness to learn, do we? Right? I mean, the, just the opposite. Culturally, culturally, we are being conditioned from an early age to despise and discredit our elders. I mean, just look at, at some of the ways that older people are portrayed in the social media accounts of, of younger people. I mean, just look at what, I, what I'm looking at in my social media. We are seeing older people portrayed as these, these bumbling, out-of-touch idiots with terrible political opinions and irrelevant, hate-filled ideologies. Every day, this is how older people are being portrayed. Tim talked last week about how older people can sometimes shame those who are younger. Well, let me tell you, younger people can shame older people right back. And it's happening all the time. Why would anyone, why would anyone want to learn wisdom from someone that they don't respect at all? That's what we're facing as a culture right now. That's the uphill battle that we've got in front of us. But guys, I don't believe that this has to be the end of the story. At least not here at Grace. I think there's another way. I believe we can be the kind of community, the kind of community that, that takes Proverbs 4 to heart. I think we can be Christ followers who have long, good lives, that walk on straight paths, that don't stumble when we run. I think we can be a community of influence and of honor and of leadership, just like the Father in Proverbs says. I think we can do all that and be all that if we embrace wisdom. So how? How do we do it? How do we overcome this, this obstacle that we're facing? Well, let's, let's put all the pieces together here. We've, we've talked about a bunch of ideas. Let's put them all together. If wisdom is the key to life, as Proverbs 4 says, if, if, if we have to choose to pursue wisdom as our spiritual ancestors claim, if that's the key to life, if wisdom is what we need as a church to, to, uh, and as individuals to thrive, if that's true, but if wisdom can only come and develop through experience, then what are our options at this point? Younger people at Grace, fellow kids, what are our options if that's all true? Well, the first option is we could figure out the hard way, right? We could, we could all figure it out the hard way, walk through life, touching every hot stove we come across, and, and see what we learn along the way. We can maybe learn wisdom by experiencing what not to do. That's an option. Or we learn how to make room. Make room for, for others in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. Make, make room in our time and our, in our attention for those who have experienced more than we have. For, for people farther down the road, for older generations. We can gain their wisdom for our lives. We can gain the wisdom gained from the last 30 years of Grace Church for the next 30 years of Grace Church. We can do that, but it takes humility, doesn't it? It takes self-giving love. Because again, our culture is shouting into our ear that, that elders, the elder in front of us is worthless. So it takes humility to shut down that voice and make room. 
So, okay, let's just assume that you're interested in this, that you maybe even just give me the benefit of the doubt that perhaps your life could be better with wisdom and you could perhaps gain that wisdom faster and sooner by listening to an elder. How do you start? Where does it begin? Well, a few weeks ago, I was talking about how we might make room for different cultures here at Grace and how difficult that can be. Um, And I introduced a a basic question that I think is kind of the starting point for making room for someone who's different than you. And, And it works perfectly well here when it comes to different generations. And here's the question. How can I elevate your voice in my life? How can I elevate your voice in my life? In this case, how can I, as someone who is maybe younger, elevate the voice of youth, someone from an older generation? How can I elevate your voice, your wisdom, in my life? Now, quick fact, to just set set this out there. You got to be in the same room with another person, right, to be able to elevate their voice. And so younger people, you got to get in the game. First of all, you got to serve, you got to volunteer, you got to be in community groups, you got to be mentored by older people. You have to be in the room to be able to elevate the voice of another. But let's just assume that you've done that. Let's assume that you are, are in the game, you're in community, you're rubbing shoulders with people from another generation. How can I elevate your voice in my life? When you're face to face, what do you do? Well, I want to give you a little a key that I've found. Maybe it's a, it's a key to kind of helping you navigate what that cultural voice is shouting in your, in your ear. And it's this. When you're face-to-face with someone who is older than you, don't, don't ask their opinions. Ask them what they've learned. Don't ask their opinions. Ask them what they've learned. Let me give you an example. 20-somethings. If you're in the room with a, a 55-year-old, and you just got this this really hurtful comment on Instagram, are they going to understand the nuances of what was being communicated by the different punctuation that was used in that comment? No. They will not, and I don't even think it's worth asking them about that. They're not going to get it. Okay? I don't get it. All right? They're not going to understand it. However, however, they may know very well what it feels like to lose a friend. They may know from experience what happens when you let pride get in the way of forgiveness. They might be able to tell you straight up how damaging gossip can be because they've experienced it. They've burned their hand on that stove. What have they learned? What have they learned? You could say, my world looks way different than yours does, all right? It just does. But what have you learned about people? Because people don't look different. People are exactly the same. People are the same. How can I elevate your voice in my life and keep my hand off the stove of broken relationships? You can gain wisdom if you ask them what they learned. Or another example, if you're a student, let's say you're a student right now, does someone in their 70s, do they understand the anxiety that you feel doing active shooter drills at your school? Do they, do they get the, the simmering rage or depression that you feel when you, when you see uh, climate change or, or, or police shootings on Reddit or TikTok? Do they understand exactly what you're feeling? Probably not. Probably not. But I'll tell you this, someone in their 70s, they grew up doing nuclear bomb drills in their school. Think of the terror of knowing that you might be wiped out in an instant. That's the kind of terror they grew up with. They, they lived through the Vietnam War and, and race riots and the JFK assassination. Look, they may not see eye to eye with you on a single political issue of your day. 
but they may just be able to speak heart to heart with you about what it means to live through them. How can I elevate your voice in my life? Don't ask their opinion. Don't ask their opinion. Ask them what they've learned. Now, both of those examples, those relate to just life wisdom, right? Just everyday life. What does it mean to to grow and be a healthy human, healthy person? There's a lot of wisdom to be had. But of course, all of this, the same concept, this of course applies to faith as well. If you're, if you're in your 30s or your 40s, and maybe if you've been going to church for a while, you may be in a period right now of, of significant deconstruction of your faith or of church in general. You may be asking some significant questions. And look, you are probably not going to see eye to eye on much theological stuff with someone who's older than you. They're probably not even asking the same questions you are. And so again, it's tempting to say, so therefore you're irrelevant and I don't need to hear what you have to say. But again... Let me tell you this, the longer someone has walked on the road of faith, the longer they've been walking with Christ, the more opportunities they have had to lean on him in times of despair. The more God has come through for them in unexpected ways, the more chances they have had to have their own brokenness redeemed. They have experience on the road of faith, and they have picked up a lot of wisdom along the way. Are you willing, despite your deconstruction, are you willing to find out what they've learned? Bottom line, look, young people, fellow kids, yes, we can. If we choose, we can choose to learn the hard way. We can. A lot of people do. We can figure it out on our own. But just imagine, for just a moment, imagine how much farther down the path of faith and life we would be if we learned wisdom from, those and exper- from the experiences of those who have gone before, if we could start standing on the shoulders of our older generations, even as they stood on the shoulders of theirs, imagine how much farther we would be down the road. That, that is my dream for Grace Church. It's my dream for you. My dream is that we would become a community that values wisdom, that, that makes room for every generation, and we would discover the wisdom that is the key to our best possible life. That's my dream. How can I elevate your voice in my life so I don't have to learn the hard way? Let's pray. Father, on one hand, this just seems so easy and obvious, like of course, and yet if this was so easy, we would all be doing it. The cultural voices in our heads are strong. The, the, uh, the culture that we are a part of is seemingly insurmountable. And yet, Father, I know that through your Holy Spirit's power, what seems impossible to us is possible to you. And so, Father, I ask that we would be taught humility in our interactions with others, older, younger, as we, as we interface with one another and enter into intergenerational community, would you teach us what it means to have self-giving love? And would you even now begin to give us a taste of the wisdom that can be ours by listening to those from older generations than our own? Shape us, Father. Teach us, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for watching, but don't stop there. We want you to find community at Grace Church, and the first step in doing that is going to gracechurch.us slash hub. There you'll find other sermons, details about upcoming events, and other important announcements. 
and make sure you subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out when we post something new. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you next time.